guest host today is Scout. Hi and welcome to episode 44 of the Offline Gamer. I'm Snowmat. And I'm Reindeer. And it's Christmas week. Yay. If you couldn't tell by our quite forced Christmas names. Yay. So are you prepared for Christmas, right? Uh, yes. You've got all your presents? Uh, yes. You've done all your wrapping? Yes. Done all your cards? Yes. Even that one card you forgot? Yes, I got one today. Excellent. Why don't you tell the listeners whose card you forgot, Ray? Chris. Uh, who's Chris again? Uh, my other half. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh dear. I have a he- I had a huge list of like forty people, which didn't include all the neighbours or Chris. Um, <laughs> so I forgot. And his name's even in the word. I know. Oh well. Never mind. It's all sorted now. He's got one now. He has. Well, it's not yet, but it's so it, it's been written and sealed <laughs> and stuck under the tree. Yes, ready for opening on Christmas morning. Yes. So are you planning on doing any gaming over Christmas? I suspect there well I don't know, I don't suspect. I know there's going to be Magic the Gathering involved. Ah. Because we are going to Chris's family and his brother is also quite heavy on the magic. So they've both got a booster box, just that they've not not as presents to exchange, just to take, so that we can all open magic cards. Ah, lovely. Um, which does, yeah. I expect there's going to be magic, and um, I will try and take a couple of other games because occasionally people like a game or two they do hopefully and yeah. whether you'll get Chris to play one or not is a different matter yeah he'll probably be busy playing um, magic I can't understand it he'll play magic but he won't play a board game I don't know I don't know no um, but we've played we've played board games around there before normally like um, what's it called Boggle oh yeah the classics. Yeah, or things like Ludo. Super old classic, the game, classic The game games. that literally means play. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I managed to get my family involved in a lot of games, but uh, Karen will be coming down after Christmas, so we'll play some games there, I'm sure. Surely it's up because you live further north than she does. You're right, you're right. I always, I always uh, pick her up on that, so yes, thank you. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, a few bits of news and general chattering. So uh, what should we talk about? Oh, new Asgard in Warsaw has finally opened. And it's amazing. There's a nice big cafe area. There's the board game shop. And there's a nice big area at the back with lots of tables for tournament play and war games and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's really, really nice. And they've got a nice board game library in the cafe. Hopefully, with it being a bit more central in town... Uh, a few random people might just walk in and even if they don't 
they're not interested in the games. Hopefully, they'll get people who just want to, you know, have a cup of coffee or something to eat or whatever. So uh, I'm quite hopeful, and I hope uh, hope it does really well. We need yeah. to get you you up to go. Yeah. Maybe in the new year. Arp. Because I've got me uh, watching my jigs, little voucher things. Oh yes, our Kickstarter vouchers. I need to sort those out as well because I haven't yeah. figured mine how mine work as well. And uh, we need, uh, we're getting our names on the wall. Mm. The, the, the ravens on the wall are going to have our uh, names on them apparently, so that'll be lovely. So uh, you've written something down here, Charterstone and Everdell. What's that all about? That was the what you want for Christmas. Ah, in terms of games, indeed. And that that's what I put on my list in terms of board games. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly veering slightly towards more towards Everdale because I could, in theory, play it on my own, and apparently it's still quite good on your own. Whereas Charterstone, um, it's a legacy game, and apparently it's best with at least three. I'm sure I could do it with two, um, but Everdale just looks really pretty. Have we seen Everdale? Um, not in person. No. Doesn't no. Look familiar. No. Um, it's got a big tree in the middle, um, and a nice little sort of woodland scene. And there's there's a there's an expansion that's to do with the river, and like you you sort of that bit sort of slots onto the existing board, and then you have a extra bit. Ah. Um, it does look really nice. What's the um, what's the general sort of what's the objective of the game? What are you trying to do? I believe, well, if you're playing um, competitively, you want to be the little woodland village that survives and prospers, you know, the most. Okay. Over the various seasons, so you go through like winter, spring, summer, autumn. And in different seasons, you can do different things and you can, um, collect resources to buy, um, either buildings to build in your village or villagers to go in your village. And they all score points and so on. Right. Okay. And it's got very nice, cute art of woodland creatures. It does look really, really nice. And it, it was received very well. I think it did very well on BGG and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they've got a very nice, uh, what's the word, expansion already, which yeah. I think I which I think I put on one of my ones to watch last year as being something that was rather nice looking. Um, so yeah. Well, sixty seven ninety nine on Amazon at the moment for the base game. Yeah, it is cheaper pound, elsewhere. Forty-two pound for the expansion. It is cheaper elsewhere. And oh, I, yes, su- I, I suspect it. it's probably only gone up that much because we are two days before Christmas. Yeah, maybe. Or, in shipping terms, the last day before uh, last day to buy anything. Yeah, really. Um, and aside from that, I have put uh, the Outer Worlds on my Christmas list. Oh, yes, I want to play that. Yeah, which I did before I noticed that it's only download 
to via Windows Store or the Epic Games Store. Ah, it's okay. not Steamable yet. Is it, and it if due you to go, be on if, Steam? It's, if you go to the um, store page on Steam for it, yeah. it says coming soon 2020. Oh, okay. So at some point in 2020, it will come through on Steam. But I didn't realize this until literally uh, yesterday, whereas it had already been on my list for a couple of weeks. So I don't know whether anybody's got it. Although I suspect probably not because it's not a physical thing. Yeah. So I don't know whether to just sort of like sneak it off the list again and just wait until it comes out on Steam. And then hopefully it will also be a bit less because it's still like 50 quid. And I'm like, what? Yeah. For a PC game? No, thank you. I'm hoping though this will scratch like a sort of Mass Effect sized itch that I've got for games at the moment. Yeah. I think because I watched Day Nine playing it a bit, and it's very um, Fallout E as well. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't really like Fallout Four, and my copy of Fallout Three was uh, Xbox, and I now don't have the Xbox anymore. And I never really got used to playing Fallout on the PC. Hmm. Um. So I haven't been able to play. I haven't been able to scratch like the Fallout itch since playing Fallout 3, and that was a long time ago. Um, have you got the Steam page open at the moment? Uh, I do not at the moment, though. Okay, so in, in about this game, the top line in bold, the Outer Worlds will be available on Steam one year after the launch on other digital PC platforms. Well, perhaps I won't wait that long then. Yeah, when did it come out? Like last month or something? Yeah, not that long ago. Uh, October 25th, so it's not going to be out on Steam until next October. So. That's a bunch of bullshit, though. Mm-hmm. That's timed exclusives for you. I hate timed exclusives. Get it on the get it on the Windows Store, though. Yeah. Oh, but that's just that's so very silly. Like, you... why? What? I know they're trying to do it to try and like knock Steam off their, you know monopoly of the digital games platform but the problem is steam have been doing it long enough that their drm works there is a switch version coming out next year as well yeah well i did put a switch on my list as a joke Hmm. because there's i know there's no way anybody's going to buy me one of them (laughs) but i will be looking out in the boxing day sales because some 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 people who also were looking for switches in the Black Day Black Day? Black Friday yeah. sales, Cyber Monday, were saying that last year um Boxing Day and January sales were better than Black Friday Cyber Monday sales. Mm, yeah. So I'll be I'll be having a look. Because of course it is also my birthday four days afterwards. So, you know. I could just buy myself a birthday present. You could? Yeah. So, yeah, those are things that are on my lists. Okay. A uh, piece of news that I saw just before we started recording was that there is a Takenoko app now available for iOS, Android, and on Steam. And it looks really nice. And it's got the little panda. And, uh, you know, it, it's a proper full app version of the game, so it does everything for you. Um, 
you can lay out your little channels of water and things like that. So if you like Takenoko and you want to be able to play it on the go without having to lug the box around with you, um, and you've got a suitable device, then check that out. So, what we've been playing and buying in, since the last episode. <coughs> so, we'll start in the digital realm first, I think. Um, I've had a bit of a... Uh, what should, what, what's the word? Uh, not obsession, but... Uh, what's the word when you... Yeah, hankering, that's the word, isn't it? Yeah. I've had a hankering to play some sim games on PC. So, uh, I picked some of these up in the sale... And I've got some of them, like, discount codes in Humber Bundle and things like that. So I ended up buying Two Point Hospital, Planet Coaster, Game Dev Tycoon, and Arcade Tycoon. Now, Two Point Hospital is um, a sort of modern remake of Theme Hospital from the 90s. For those of you who remember that, it's a, a management game where you have to run a hospital. But it's sort of like comedy stuff. It's not, you know, serious diseases and things like that. It's You've got people who are light-headed. And they just have a light bulb instead of a head, for example. Yeah. Um, and then you have to build these funny rooms in your hospital. But it's like a, a fun management simulation. So I've done a bit of streaming of that on Twitch. And I've done the first couple of scenarios. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying that quite a lot. Did you play Theme Hospital back in the day? or A little bit. Um, we had one of the theme park ones. Oh, yeah. Which... Seems to remember my brother was more into than I was, but I played it a couple, a little bit. Well, on the subject of theme park, then Planet Coaster is basically an update. Uh, uh, well, you've got so you had um, theme park, and then Roller Coaster Tycoon one and two came out, yeah, and then Roller Coaster Tycoon three, which was by a company called Frontier Developments, and then uh, I think the Roller Coaster Tycoon license belongs to someone else so they made a new game recently that wasn't very well received but frontier have now bought out planet coaster i say now bought out it's been out a couple of years and it's got lots of expansions and things like that but it's just the same sort of basic thing you've got a career mode or a um a sandbox mode in the career mode you get all these scenarios that you have to do so like this part is run down it's going to lose lose lots of money unless you get in there and turn it around and make it profitable and there's lots of scenarios of increasing difficulty as you go through but um, there's also some DLC that adds new um, you know rides and uh, attractions uh, what's the word decorations and things to your park Mm. and one of these pieces of DLC is a Ghostbusters DLC oh talking of Ghostbusters Mm. anything you're excited about for next year no nothing no, you sure? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If only there was a new Ghostbusters movie coming out. Yeah, no. No, no, nothing like that. <laughs> so Planet Coaster, I've also been streaming, and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying that as well. Uh, Game Dev Tycoon is uh, a bit simpler. It's basically you are running a like a game development studio. So you hire employees, you research new topics, you make better game engines that do 2D graphics and 3D graphics. And to start with, your games have very basic beeps and blops, and then they have mono sound, and then they have stereo sound as you re- research new things. And you're yeah researching topics, uh, hiring people to program the games, trying to 
figure out what genres of game work best as a simulation or as an arcade game or whatever and then just try and release games and build up your company to be the best game studio in the world yeah and then the last one is uh, Arcade Tycoon which uh, as the name suggests you are building uh, amusement arcades Uh, and this is early access so it's by no means complete like for example uh, again this is something I streamed if you watch the stream everyone who visits your arcade looks exactly the same Mm because they've only got one one sprite for the um, visitors they wander around and all of your mechanics look the same and uh, things like that so still very early access but basically again there are scenarios that you go through of increasing difficulty and you have to meet various criteria to complete it like have so many people visit your arcade or make so much money or your uh, arcade is worth this much or whatever and you are buying either arcade machines or you can unlock pinball machines or more modern arcade machines because the ones you get uh, initially are like the classic sort of 1980s type stand-up arcade machines and things like that. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just a very basic uh, sort of management sim, but uh, pretty enjoyable. Uh, so that's what I've been up to in the g- digital realm this month. What about you? Uh, I have, well, I can't remember. Well, I'm sure I talked about this last time, but Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think it is, yeah. I started playing it again. I yeah. finished it. Um, and then it happened to be Black Friday sales mm. or uh, you know, Steam. They just call it the autumn sale. So it was the autumn sale on Steam. So I just ha- maybe bought Shadow of the Tomb Raider immediately <gasps> after finishing Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, I haven't finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider just yet. Um, I think I've got a fair way through it. Mm. Um, and one thing I noticed going immediately from playing Rise immediately into Shadow was that they changed some of the controls. Yes. And I keep hitting the wrong buttons. (laughs) And jumping into nowhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, healing. Healing in in Shadow is F1, whereas it used to be C, I think. So I keep hitting C, which does nothing in Shadow, and then dying because I have not healed. Mm. and generally it feels like the baddies are harder um the enemies are harder in shadow um i'm pretty sure i left the i left rise i'm pretty sure i left it on like you know the middle of the road average default um difficulty setting yeah and i've done the same with shadow of the tomb raider even though you can change you can change I thought this was quite interesting. You can change the um exploration puzzles and enemies difficulty levels yes. separately. That's right. I thought that was quite fun. I haven't done it, but I thought that was quite fun. Um what is, what are, where are we? I've just left the secret lost city ah, yes. to go and look for something. And then we found the thing and Jonah's run off with it. And now I'm trying to find him and the thing. And I can't remember whether it was before or after. I've done, I've gone through the scene where you basically just destroy an entire power plant. Like 
the the bad guy fakes that he's killed Jonah and Lara's oh, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. and just basically explodes everything and goes um Hostel? Yeah. I was gonna yeah. She just she just sort of goes off completely off the rails and just like die everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um which was a bit of fun, but also I'm just like Yeah, you really were too far from being pushed over the edge where you love. <laughs> I mean, the amount of stuff she goes through in these games I know. it's it's amazing I know. she hasn't either died or gone insane earlier. Um well, she has died, died a lot in my games. Yeah. For random jumping. Yes, she's died a lot in... Um, yeah, she's died more in Shadow than in Rise, I think. Um, mostly because of annoying puzzles. Yes. And the one that I found very irritating is wall running into a jump that's a far jump. Oh, yes, that's really terrible. And... You have to like throw the uh, hook at the right yeah, moment, don't and you? And you have to ju- you have to jump right at the very end of your wall run, and then immediately take your finger off of the A or the D button, so that you're not pressing one of them. Because if you're pressing one of them, then she'll just turn round and spin in the air and fall to her death. And oh my god, so many times I had to get up and walk away for five, about five minutes, and I was just. It kept happening. I was like, "I'm gonna kill someone in a minute," and then as soon as soon as I got Chris to watch, it worked, <laughs> and I did it because I got him to work to watch. And I was like, "This is ridiculous! Every time I do this, she just jumps into midair. She doesn't." Rah, 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 rah. And then, of course, as soon as he watched, it was fine. Well, there you go. Then. You obviously play better with an audience. Maybe um, there's no guarantee. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I uh, that's pretty much the only things I've been playing apart from Pokemon Go. I did buy some digital games. Oh, what did you buy? Um, I bought Spider-Man for the PlayStation and uh, Devil May Cry 5 for the PlayStation. Ooh. Both were in the sale. Um, and I did consult with our good friend Gareth, who owns the Spider-Man game, as to whether it was a good price and he was like yes that's an amazing price yeah and it's a very good game isn't it yeah um i've only played that like snippet we played at egx yeah but that snippet really reminded me of prototype which i really loved yeah um i haven't downloaded it yet because i have better things to do with my life than (laughs) sit there five hours watching the playstation attempt to do an update and then another five hours attempting to download the game it's an overnight job, isn't it? Yeah. There's been a lot of people tweeting this year, if you buy your child a console, don't wait until Christmas Day to first turn it on. Oh, yeah. Unpack it, update it, download the games if you want to, do all this stuff while they're asleep, then put it back in the box, rewrap it up. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you're just going to have a really stressful Christmas watching a status bar slowly creep across the screen as your child gets more and more annoyed. Okay, so that's the digital realm. So let's go back to the analog realm then. So I've got a mix of new and old 
games to talk about. So, first one is a new one. Uh, Karen and I played Tiny Epic Zombies. Uh, first Tiny Epic game I've played for a while, actually. I think I know I have a couple, but I think the last one I played is when we played Tiny Epic Quest, which was me, you, and Gareth, I think. Yes. And that was ages ago, wasn't it? At Meeple Mayhem, I think we played that. Yeah. So, Tiny Epic Zombies uh, co-op game where um, as the game goes on zombies are like entering the buildings that are part uh, that are in the map that you've created and you have to go around and the game has lots of different scenarios and you pick two at random well I think it was two well you pick a couple at random at the start of the game so every time you're looking for different things and there are lots of these symbols all over the uh, locations and depending on which objectives you've got you have to put different things out on the board and basically you are moving around trying to collect the objectives and some of them are like you just have to find these things some of them are you have to find one and then bring it back to the start and uh yeah it's just a nice co-op game with these nice little uh wooden zombies that just randomly appear and you can shoot them or whatever but obviously if you're killing the zombies then you don't have as many actions to uh do the objectives but you generally can't do an objective in a building if there's a zombie in it so you have to always have to clear the zombies out before you do things so yeah it does get quite difficult i can't remember if we if we won this or not let me check my bg stats app and it will tell me if we won or not tiny big zombies no the game won hmm. so we didn't beat that but it was good fun and definitely um yeah definitely enjoyable as i don't think i've not enjoyed a tiny epic game yet so that's good uh, next up was a return to an old favourite of mine, Vault Wars, uh, which was what, my 2015 game of the year Kickstarter thing or something? Yeah. Um, a bidding and bluffing game uh, where you are a vault owner trying to auction off uh, an adventurer's vault because he's dead and can no longer pay his bill. So kind of like Storage Hunters, Storage Wars, that kind of thing. So I've talked about that plenty of times in the past, so I won't, I won't go over it again. Another game I've talked about a lot is Dale of Merchants. And as I said last month, Dale of Merchants Collection has arrived, uh, which is the nice big box to store all of the Dale of Merchants games in. And it also comes with extra mechanics, like um, uh, each player can have like a hero, I guess. Um, that changes the way you play the game. And some of the decks have a night and day phase, and there's like a big clock inside the box for you to... Uh, move the hours around and some cards do a certain thing in the night but a certain different thing in the day so that's that and uh, yeah I uh, can't say enough about Dale of Merchants and in fact uh, today I got my latest copy of Tabletop Gaming Magazine and in there they had a Dale of Merchants collection and it was listed as one of their yes you should definitely play this games so I'm not the only person who likes it Super duper. Yes. Uh, what's next? Imps, Devilish Jewels. We've played this a couple of times, haven't we? Yeah. We saw this at the expo, uh, what, two, three years ago? From Triple Ace Games. And uh, it's a two-player game where you are both uh, in control of some imps. And there are four trials. Fire, Earth, Wind and Air. I don't think they're in that order, but there you go. And the imps that you have... Uh, let you do things in each of those trials and you roll dice 
which gives you like a numerical value. And, and as, as it stands, the person with the highest value in it wins each trial. But you start off with the one, the one fire trial, and whoever wins that can then manipulate their dice or their opponent's dice. And then whoever wins the next one can do different things. And whoever wins the next one, same again. And then whoever wins the last one is the winner of that round. So you have to choose your imps carefully uh, and try and figure out what you think your opponent's going to do based on the imps that you know they have. But we, when Karen and I played this, we just randomly chose imps. Um, but it worked very well for me because I think I won like four nil or something. So she didn't win. She didn't win a single round. So I kept knocking all of her imps and her um, dice out of the game. So I think that's the only thing I'll say about imps. When you get onto a losing streak and your dice start getting banished from the game, it's a very difficult for you to like get back into it. Because obviously the game's main mechanic is the rolling of the dice. So the less dice you've got to roll, the less powerful you are. But then if you keep losing and losing more dice, you're just gonna it's just gonna um what's the word? Snowball. Snowball, that's exactly the right word. It's gonna snowball. Next up is a new game for me, and that's Missing Persons, which is something that I backed on Kickstarter not too long ago, and it was a really, really quick turnaround. It's basically just a small game in a tin, and it's just a, a small deck of cards um, very similar to Love Letter so it's actually supposed to be three or more players and we only played it with two so some of the me- mechanisms didn't quite work out correctly but effectively like Love Letter you uh, deal one card to all the players and then on your turn you draw a card from the deck and then choose one to play and a lot of the um, effects on the cards are very similar to Love Letter but the aim of this game is that there are five Um, cases if you like to solve uh, numbered one to five and each one is uh, represented by a small little like colored character that comes in the box and you you play the the game through and then at the end of the round whoever's got the lowest unsolved number in their hand is the one who wins that case and each case can only be won once so basically once all five cases have been solved then the person who's got the most solved cases at the end of the game is the winner so that's, that's basically what it is. So it's a small micro game, but if you like Love Letter and that kind of thing, then this is very similar. And I quite like the theme of having the, um, the cases to solve. And of course, towards the end of the game, if, if you like, for example, playing with four players and everyone's got one and you only need one to, one to win, that one that's left, of course, you then have to try and get that card left in your hand at the end of the game. And of course... So some of it's like swapping cards with opponents and things like that. Because if you if you're left at the end of the end, and none of you have got that card, then you just play the game again. So you just have to keep going until that last case is closed, if you like. There's a few special cards as well um, that let you do extra things in the game. But overall, a very fun, enjoyable little mini game. And uh, yeah, I really uh, I really liked it. Lovely Ghibli. Yeah. Next is one that I know you wanted to play, and that's Odin's Ravens. Mm. So you, uh, you've mentioned this on the podcast before, haven't you? Yeah, I think I mentioned it um, as something to, to look out for at 2018 UKG. Yeah. So it's been out for a while, but uh, I played the, the second edition. So uh, again, I played a two-player game, and you create like a, a path, uh, two lines that... Um, in fact, it's only a two-player game, isn't it? So... Uh, so yeah, this is a two-player game, 
and you create like two paths of um, all the cards that are in the game which have got different types of terrain like uh, mountains or forest or just like I think there's like um, cornfield or something like that yeah um, both players start at one end of one row and what you have to do is you're drawing cards and discarding cards from your hand that match the next card in your path and you have to try and basically get your character from one end of one path all the way along and then back down the other side of the other path so you're both doing the same route but you're one of you's doing it in reverse to the other one if you like uh, but there are also Loki cards and they let you do things to mess up the other player so you can make their path longer by, and make yours shorter or you can move things around to make it more difficult for them to to move because for example if you have three of the same ones in a line in your path and you discard one card then you get to do them all in one go yeah um, but you can obviously look ahead and see what your opponent's got and think, ah, I don't want them to do all that in one go. So you can swap cards around, so then they have to then do three separate cards instead of just one for all three, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's a fun little little two-player game with quite a bit of uh, strategy. It's not very deep. Uh, on BGG, it's only got a uh, complexity rating of, like, 1.2 out of 5. So, you know, but I, I really enjoyed that, and I think it's... It might be one that goes on my shopping list because I played this in in Asgard, um, yeah. but I think it's definitely one that I would add to my collection. And uh, I think you like it because of the ravens, don't you? Yeah. But I think you'd enjoy this. I think it's it's simple, but it's got it can be very complex if you want it to be. Do you know what I mean? So like you could yeah. make your opponent's life very difficult. Um, but you've only got limited use of the like the mischief cards. So, mm. and then last of all, uh, the last game that Karen and I played together was Circus Flocati, which again is a game I talked about before, and it's just a, a push your luck game where you are revealing cards from a deck, uh, and it's like a circus theme. Well, a flea circus, isn't it? Because Flocati means flea. Yeah. Often. And uh, you are trying to uh, uh, make triples with the same number. Or you're trying to make a, uh, I can't remember what it's called in the game, like a display um, of all of the all of the cards, and then at the end of the game you just add all the numbers up at the highest of each card that you've got, and then the person with the highest score is the winner. So nice, simple, push your luck uh, card game uh, by Rainer Knizia uh, that I would definitely recommend as well. And there's two more games that I've played, but uh, you've played them as well. Yes, I. Um crashed one of your gaming evenings um and we played blend off yes now i've I've played blend off before and talked about it before but i'm interested to see what you think of this um i hadn't played it before Mm -hmm. i think because it's a it's a everybody plays all at the same time game yeah as opposed to taking turns which i was a bit like um not sure because usually if that that happens then i tend to just like freeze up and be like i don't know what i'm doing Mm -hmm. and there was a bit of that but um i think i wasn't trying too hard to try and guess what you two were doing yeah i was just ignoring you and trying to figure out what um ingredients i needed to make um smoothies yeah um and that worked out fine. 
Yeah, I think we all did all right. I mean, yeah. I know there's the mechanism where if you see an opponent do something wrong, you can like give them the fruit that no one wants. I think it yeah. was, wasn't it? Uh, the durian. Um, but I don't think we really did that, did we? Because we were all sort of too busy concentrating on our own thing. Yeah, I think I think Karen did it the wrong way round near the beginning. Yeah. And I can't. Remember, I think you mentioned it, but I don't know whether you actually. I can't. I, th- I might have let her off at the start. I, yeah. don't, I can't remember. Um, but after that, every, I think everyone was a bit too much um, heads down. Yeah. The components are nice, though. I like the little like, yeah. wooden, wooden fruit tokens. Yeah, they are They are very nice. Yeah. Okay. Would you play it again? Uh, probably. Okay. And then after that, we played Halfling Feast. Aha. <coughs> Another food game. Yeah, this one you've had for quite a while, haven't yeah. you? Yeah. This was Triple Ice Games again. Yeah. Um, so we have played this before, but not for quite a while. And, yeah, the idea is that you have to eat as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And everything you eat has a points value. Um, but you get full, so then you have to either release space in your belly or use action cards to release more than the like uh, standard once per turn that you can release. Mm, and then yes. you can use action cards to mess with other people. And uh, what do, these action cards that release space in your belly, um, what do they represent, Ray? Um, usually they represent uh, gaseous emissions from mm. the body. Mm, yeah. But there is one very special card as well. Yes. Going to the outhouse. Yes. Uh, which releases quite a few belly spaces. I don't know if that would be allowed in a real eating competition though. Could you just take a break halfway through and oh, I'm just going to the uh, yeah, you know, going to the bathroom. I don't know. I've never really I've never really known. I never know whether like cuz you know you can get there's loads of places to do like oh, have our challenge platter and if you finish it within an hour. Oh yeah. And I never know whether like you're allowed to go to the toilet like just if you need a pee. Like, what if you needed a pee, you didn't want to do anything else? Yeah. Is that still against the rules? Does somebody have to, like, go and listen to make sure... I don't know. ...that you're not, like, puking it all back up again? Mm. Um, yeah. I, I reckon you've got to stay seated in most competitions Probably. I've seen. But, you know, that's not a half-thing food competition, so who knows? Yeah. But I, I like it. It's good fun. Yeah. I didn't win, but, you know... I don't know who we did win that one, actually. Let me have a look. Uh, In fact, let, think, let me get my stats game, stats up. So I think uh, you won by, like, one point. Uh, and then in Blend-Off, I won by one point. So, half in Feast, yeah. You got 27. Karen got 38. I got 39. And Blend-Off, uh, Karen got 11. I got 17. You got 18. Yeah. So, that's what we've been playing this month. So... Mm. Before we make our way over to Kickstarter Corner, I thought we'd uh, do something a bit different in our end-of-year show. So, um, last month, I got sent through the post a nice big magazine from Tabletop Gaming called The Best Games of 2019. And I thought it might be fun for us to go through that and see if we own or have played any of the games in this list. Mm -hmm. So, I have the magazine in front of me. Uh, You have a PDF hopefully open at the moment yep so 
We've got the uh, best games of 2019. Page four is the table of contents. So shall we just start going through this list and see what the first game is that we recognise? So there's a few I recognise that I haven't played. Well, the yeah. first one is 1066 Tears to Many Mothers. We've interviewed uh, Tristram. Tristram Hall, yeah, Tristram. about that. Uh, but going down the list, uh, okay. Uh, Bargain Quest is the first one I see, page 167. Before that, oh, I think it's important to note that there is one that's called Array Al. Oh, there is, yeah. Let's have a look at that. 138. It is a real head scratcher, they say. Hmm. <laughs> uh, what do they? I'll read out their, their um, like little synopsis at the end. Uh, they say a rail comes in the midst of a flood of Tetris-like games and does an admirable job of differentiating itself from the scrum. It's best played in very specific circumstances, strictly with two players and against an opponent who appreciates its blend of spatial puzzle-solving and passive-aggressive competition. Mm-hmm. Try this if you liked Patchwork, it says. I don't think you've played Patchwork. We've played Bear and Park, though, haven't we? Yeah. So, yeah. Is that going on your want list, just because it's got your name in it? I don't know. Well, the Athul uh, expansion. Ah, the Stained Glass of nice. Sintra one. I have not played it. It does look very nice, though. I'm just looking at some of them, thinking, did we play this at UKG, or did we not? Right, so, where were we? Bargain Quest. So, that's a game that I own, but have not played. What do they say about Bargain Quest? Bargain Quest manages to pose a moral dilemma while immersing players in an adorable, humorous setting. However you decide to act, you want to set up shop here. Try this if you like Boss Monster. I never played Boss Monster. Me neither. No. So, uh, for those who don't know, Bargain Quest is the game where um, you are a shopkeeper in a fantasy world. And you're basically... The, I think the moral decision is, do you give the weapons to the heroes to kill the monsters? Or do you put mm. them in your window to um, attract heroes to your store? But then you don't have as good stuff to sell them. So, they might end up dying. Gosh. Uh, what else do we recognise from this list? Uh, uh, I recognise Bosk. Bosk, yes. Uh, haven't played that, but we saw that at UKG, and I was going to buy yeah. it, but they were sold out. And we saw Boomin 2 at UKG. Boomin 2, what's that then? That's the one with the little with little tiles, I think. Um, oh, yes, we didn't play it, did we? No. I think, but it was quite popular. Hmm. Similarly, Century A New World, we saw... But I don't think we got a chance to play it because, as always, it's the century games. Yeah, super popular. Uh, you've skipped over a game that I own. That again, we haven't played yet. Oh, called To Adventure. Called To Adventure. So that's on page seventy-six. Let's have a look at that. Uh, so they say this is a neat, swift, story-driven tableau builder whose rune-casting element provides an elegant and innovative alternative to dice. Try this if you liked D&D. Full disclosure, the author of this review was a backer of Call to Adventure on Kickstarter. Hmm. I don't know if that makes you... I don't know if that needs to be disclosed because the fact that you've bought a game with your own money... Yeah. That's not as bad as them giving you a copy for free. Mm. You know, saying, hey, review our game. Because every game in the book, presumably, has been provided, well, most of them, for review. So the fact that you're having to buy a game with your own money, I'm not sure why that 
needs a disclaimer. Deep Space D6. So you own this? Yeah, haven't played it yet though. We've done I don't a, think. No, we've done an unboxing of it, I remember Yeah. That. Uh, so, this doesn't have a synopsis, um, but they... Uh, so the last paragraph... Deep Space D6 is well calibrated for a single player in size, setup and playtime. Its slightly uneven gameplay is uplifted by effortless play and a good sense of humour. So this is a solo game, isn't there, where you're yeah. trying to... Are you trying to repair it, or are you trying to get off the ship before it explodes? or Something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. It was one of these ones that it was just one guy, and life got in the way, so between backing it and it arriving was a considerably longer time than expected. Yeah. Uh, one that's on here that I don't have, but I have the previous game, is the Escape Room in a Box flashback, which I think is... Uh, the same sort of uh, storyline as the werewolf one. It's got the same characters in, possibly. Um, don't want to know too much about it, because obviously it's an escape room game, so you don't want to, um, mm. you know, spoil anything. So, Hand of Fate Ordeals? Yep. You own that, I, th- yep. I believe? Again, not played it, have you? No, not yet. Uh, though it lacks properly implemented variable player powers and is stingy with its campaign mode, there's a lot to like here. Not least its impressive appearance and the slick way it enables you to empower your questing characters through deck building. Mm. Jonathan Strange is one of the ones I wanted to play, but it was rammed the entire time. Oh yeah, time. we couldn't get a we couldn't get a spot. Yeah. Sushi roll, which again I was quite interested in buying. I couldn't find a copy anywhere. Uh, Tokyo Highway. There was a giant version of that at uh, the expo, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, Villagers. Villagers, that's one I own and have played. That's on page 74. If you'd like your tableau builders, then you have to check this one out. Villagers is a slickly implemented, moorishly fun, and if you buy the basic set, welcomely inexpensive. Try this if you like the wingspan. It doesn't have quite the same wave factor production value, but Villagers shares Wingspan's strong sense of gentle but deeply involving gameplay. I really like Villagers. Yeah, this is definitely... I can definitely agree with their inclusion of this in, in this book. book. It's, a, it's a really good game. Welcome to Dino World. Is that the Alley Cat one? The, uh, the one where we have to, you have to draw the... Um, uh, yes, it is. Where you're drawing the dinosaur park. Yeah. Uh, there's no synopsis for this one but it says it will satiate your hunger if you're after a roll and write with a little more meat to chew on at the end uh-huh. of at the end of the day any excuse to draw a T-Rex is one worth taking mm. uh, and I think that's it I think I think we walked past Summoner's Isle a couple of times we did and I saw Teotihuacan City of Gods yeah. And wingspan while we were there. I think one thing this list tells me is that we don't spend enough time playing games. Possibly. There's quite a lot of the games on this list that are the top games of the year. Well, A, never played, or B, never heard of. So, um, yeah, I definitely think I need to sort that out. So there you go, the best games of 2019. And uh, on that note, we should move to our usual spot in... Kickstarter Corner. 
Yes. So, first up, as usual, we have our political satire section. What have we found on Kickstarter this month? So, I've found some games, but I haven't looked at them. So, all I've got is the name to go on. So, the first one i found is uh, almost over, actually, at the time of recording. There's just over a day left on it. So, whether it will still be online uh, when people hear this, I don't know. It depends how quickly I can edit the podcast. But, this is Tantrump Impeachment Edition. A surprisingly strategic Trump-themed Don't Wake Daddy for the Darkest Timeline. I don't know what Don't Wake Daddy is, but I'm guessing it's like a reskin of a... Not, well, not a reskin, but a very similar game. Yeah. From presidential games comes the latest action fund craze that's sweeping the nation, Tantrump. This surprisingly strategic board game takes only 10 minutes to play, but you'll be so riveted with terror that you'll feel like you're right there in the Oval Office. Hmm. Um, yeah, it comes with a. It seems to come with a little um, sort of like uh, Trump figure with like troll hair. Oh dear! I don't know if that's one of the one of the ones in like the deluxe version of the game or whatever. But uh, that's uh, very interesting. So that is from Basket of Adorables. They describe themselves as a harmless little political advocacy group. So yes. Uh, $25,000 goal currently got just over 10000 so they're not even halfway uh, that's more than I would have expected them to be though right uh, what is next berry mandering ah, I see what they've done there so it's gerrymandering with berries presumably yeah I think it's still uh, US geared yeah, they have a bigger problem of it than we do. What 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 does gerrymandering say it's about? Gerrymandering is a two-player strategy game where you try to gerrymander berries on a cake. There are the same number of blueberries and strawberries on the cake, the game board, but by carefully splitting them up, you can end up eating more cake than your opponent. Ooh. So it is basically, yeah, trying to teach you how gerrymandering works and that you can have the same number of things, but depending on how you lay them out, it can benefit one side or the other. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I actually quite like like that. It's a good um, educational educational theme. Yeah, yeah. So just looking at the pledge levels for this, right? So first of all, it's uh, halfway funded, near enough, with eighteen days to go. They want four thousand dollars, and they've currently got just shy of two thousand. Um, but you've got like the usual pledge levels: print and play, fifteen dollars for one copy of the game, twenty five dollars for two copies of the game. $135 for if you're a teacher in a class with 30 students, you can get 15 games plus one for the teacher. Mm-hmm. Or for $6,950, you can get 1,000 copies of a custom version for your political campaign or organisation. Uh, that doesn't have any backers at the moment. Actually, I, I quite like this. I don't think it's... Um, because it's not overtly taking the mickey out of someone like a lot of these do like they take the mickey out of Trump or whatever but this one's trying to teach someone about a political issue so I quite like this Uh, well it sounds um, useful yeah it's definitely more of an educational aid isn't it I think yeah trying to understand the insanity that is US politics yeah I don't think anyone will ever understand that no I mean as as are bad enough yeah I know right so I found one more um, Road to the White House Oh, sounds fun 
Yeah. It's a political, satirical, strategy card game. Create your own path to the presidency, collect campaign objectives, and avoid political hazards. Yep, it's it's a board game. Mm. The design is quite basic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Yeah, I was going to say it looks like it's been done on paint. It, some bits of it do. Some bits of it do. The idea seems to be you have cards and you lay the cards into the board so that it's different every time. Right. Um, so along the way, you need to collect campaign necessities, including chants and slogans, money and special interests. It's for two to four candidates ages 35 and up with a valid US birth certificate. It actually says that on the page. That's not me being weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, campaign hazards, scandals, oopsies, and election interference. And they've got an example of one of the oopsies cards, and it's grabbing something that's blocked out on the on the, uh, and it's um, a hand grabbing a cat. So think of another word for cat that begins with P. Mm. And think of some sort of political mishap that may have mm, happened yes, 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 yes. with that phrase involved. I'm just dismayed that the cat is bleeding from the mouth. So, yeah. Um, Excellent. Let's see. This, I mean, some of the, some of the rewards, I'm going to go from the, from the, from the top because, yep. you know, that's, that's, that's where we're going. Oh, and if if it reaches if it reaches its thirty thousand dollar stretch goal, you can get another masterfully crafted game. Oh, called this flipping house, where you flip houses. Nice, basically. Uh, so, um, how far are they away from uh, hitting that stretch goal then? At the moment, um, let's just convert it back into dollars. They are approximately. Twenty nine thousand four hundred and seven pound dollars short of that goal. Oh right, okay, okay, okay. Um, their initial goal is fifteen thousand dollars. They have made five hundred and ninety three. Wow. Yep. It says it says it's yep. for ages yep. thirty five and up. Yep. Wow. I'm guessing that's probably the youngest ever president. Maybe. 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 Do they have a minimum age? Because all their presidents are really old. I don't think they do. But Obama wasn't that old. Late middle age. As opposed to Trump, who's like 94 or something. Yeah. You won't be surprised to know that this is only shipping to the United States. Oh, really? Oh. That's a shame. For for a cool $75, you can get the game and a magnet. Mm-hmm. For $50, you can just get the game. Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass. But they've also said in their campaign, we'll deliver this by January 2020. Not a chance. Ignoring the fact that it finishes on the 22nd of January 2020. And like, yeah, sure, if you're going to print it off on a piece of A3 paper and stick it in an envelope and post it, but I think if you charge someone 50 quid for that, mm. they may want to come around your house and break your knees. So that that is the political corner. It is. So let's talk about what we've backed. Have you backed anything this month? I have not. 
Okay. I've been trying to be very good. Uh, I have Still. I haven't, unfortunately. Uh, off, you, off you go, then. Off I go, yes. Right. <laughs> so, uh, the Essential Tabletop Games Kickstarter Report 2019. So, this isn't obviously a tangible game. This is just a, uh, like, a information type thing. But I thought it would be quite interesting for us to talk about and hopefully we'll get the creator of this on the podcast as well because he's from the UK and uh, I dropped him an email asking if he'd want to come on the show and have a chat with us. And it's basically what he's done is he's trawled through all of these successfully funded games in the tabletop category on Kickstarter for last year and done like trending analysis of it and tried to split it up into more granular um, categories than you just get on Kickstarter. So for example, uh, a picture he's put of a sneak peek of the categories this was a couple of weeks ago so it might have changed since then for example in games he's then broken it up to board games card games classic games classic systems deck building dice games expansions party games postal print and play puzzle games rpgs savage worlds sen solo trading card games war games word games and then Game accessories, components, dice, dice bags and cases, game mats, maps, miscellaneous, organisers. So he's he's really uh, split everything up. So you can then look at them and, and see, you know, what games in each category have done well. Do certain categories tend to fund better than others? All that kind of thing. So I thought that might be interesting for us to look at and uh, talk yeah. about when we get that. So Next up is Museum, the Deluxe Edition. So uh, I think I talked about Museum last time, didn't I? Because we pl- I played it recently. Yeah. Uh, so this is a... Uh, it was a... You could either buy the game with the deluxe add-ons or just buy the deluxe upgrade set. Yeah. So I've obviously already got the game, so I bought the, the upgrade. So it comes with... One, it comes with like a, a version two of the manual and corrected elements to make some ambiguities a bit clearer. Uh, it comes with a deluxe storage box, uh, which stores the game and all of the expansions. It comes with another expansion, the Historian's expansion. That's what I've got. So I get the collector's box with the, the new storage system, the update pack with the new, the new rules and the fixed cards and things, new player boards, and the Historian's expansion. So what does the Historian's expansion add? Become a true historical expert with the Historian's expansion. The Historians will allow you to commit objects to be studied, temporarily removing them from play. This object will then need to be moved along the research track. However, the pursuit of knowledge isn't free, and to fund your research you'll have to pay with prestige points. Once the object reaches the end of the track, your Historian will have uncovered all of its secrets. This will gain you an expertise emblem, either from the object's civilization or domain. At the end of the game, any collections of the corresponding civilization or domain that you score will be worth additional points. Mm. Uh, the update pack um, basically changes the scoring system slightly um, to make some of the collections worth more, uh, which adjusts the balance and uh, also adjusts a couple of the actions in the game as well uh, based on based on player feedback. So, um, yeah, I like Museum. This should make it even better. So that's Museum, the deluxe edition. Super duper. Uh, Goblin Teeth, which is from Bluebeard Entertainment, who are the people who made uh, Scuttle, Brains, yeah. and what's the third one? Ninjutsu. And this is a game about cheating, sacrifice, and collecting shiny things for two to five sneaky goblins. And it's a dice game. And what you're doing in in this game 
is you are rolling dice and then you are just trying to claim treasures. Uh, you're playing cards to gain advantages uh, over other players and uh, you win by collecting the most shiny bits. So it's a nice, fun, simple game, similar to a lot of the uh, Jelly Bean games. And uh, the fact that, I've said this before, once you've bought a game from a company and you've repeatedly got games from them that you enjoy, then mm. that's the main thing that drew me to this game because I know I like the type of games that these people make. And even though I don't know a lot about it, some Kickstarters go into great, great detail about the rules of the game. This one hasn't, but it's got enough information for me to go, ah, okay, small, light, card and dice game, um, looks fun. I'm going to back it because I like what they do. And it was only $19, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, uh, not a game, but a game accessory. I Now that I own Dale of Merchants Collection and I have lots of cards, I want to sleeve said cards. And the Paladin card protectors from NSKN Games uh, are back on Kickstarter. This is their fourth year of them, apparently. And you basically back uh, to say, I want, I will buy this many. And then when you get the campaign, uh, when it's over and you get the um, pledge manager, you choose which sizes and things you want. But basically, I backed for $38, so I get 20 packs of cards, card protectors, each one has 55 sleeves inside, and then at the end, I'll be able to choose which sizes and things I want, so I'll be able to get the right ones. But these look like really nice premium quality um, card protectors, so uh, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, my Dale of Merchant set will be well looked after, because it's sort of like my pr- the pride of my gaming collection at the moment, I think. So. Very good. Uh, you may hear some purring. Oh, yes. Uh, Scout has jumped on the, the desk. Hi, Scout. And he's right by the microphone. Okay. So you may also have some random furry rubbing noises. Well, we've had Numi on the podcast before, so. Oh. Yeah. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a picture. So. Okay. Hello. So. The last thing I've backed this month is uh, the Storymaster's Tales Deeper Into the Woods, which is the expansion pack for the Storymaster's Tales. So I've talked about the Storymaster's Tales plenty before uh, when I backed it and when, when we played it. So this basically adds new quests, some new classes, new story cards, uh, and just expands expands the game. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, gives us a bit more uh, material for adventuring. So I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Let's move on to what's arrived then. So, um, yes, I've had Missing Persons, which I talked about earlier. Uh, E-Dice. Finally, I've got my E-Dice. And then as soon as it gets delivered, they launch E-Dice 2 on Kickstarter, which is a Mm. slightly revised edition. But no matter, I've got my E-Dice. And it's cool. You can program in different uh, dice formulas or choose dice from a list. And you've got a little timer or a stopwatch in there. And basically, you pick it up and then just, at, when it hits the table again, uh, the dice roll and uh, the little L- LCD display on the front shows you the result of that roll. So uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, yeah. Not sure it was worth four years waiting for over various campaigns, but <laughs> it's, Never mind. it's still good. It's still good, and I will use it. Uh, last of all, Tiny Epic Tactics which uh, when we 
I didn't realise this when we, but when we did our unboxing of this a few days ago, it's the the, the sort of the box and the and the little mini boxes inside the boxes all build up to form like a three D um, game board, which I didn't I didn't even yeah I can't even remember knowing that that was a thing. Um, but like all the tiny epic games, it's uh, lots and lots and lots of things in a small box. I don't even know what the um, objective of the game is, to be honest. Now that I'm talking about it coming, because it's been oh hello. That was Scout headbutting it. Mm. He's also sat on the keyboard. <gasps> oh no! So hopefully he's not going to accidentally close. The t- right, we've we've extracted keyboard from Catbum. Okay. So we should be fine. He just might headbutt it a few more times. Okay. Naughty boy, aren't you? Uh, in fact, the, 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 the campaign does say Tiny Epic Tactics featuring a 3D environment. So I obviously did know that. Yeah, you just forgot. I just forgot. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. Um, it achieves endless layers of strategy and fun through utilising a simple combat system with variable player powers and 3D terrain. Inside the box are five smaller boxes and a map. Players will set up the game by placing these five boxes plus the box bottom onto the scroll in designated areas. These create the environment that all players will explore and battle across. Conquer your opponents in tactical combat where every calculated move matters. So it's got two to four player competitive or four player team play. Mm. Uh, It's also got solo play, two player co-op. So yeah, lots of different ways to play this game. So I might have to give the solo mode a try because... Playing on the 3D game board uh, excites me, and mm. but I think when you're playing solo, when you like go through a door that's on the side of one of these boxes, you flip the box upside down, and there's like a dungeon printed inside it. Yeah. You're moving around the dungeon, so so yeah, it looks really cool. Awesome. Well, what did we have, Scout? We had. Well, I can get your head out of the microphone, please. Uh, we had Suro. Phoenix Rising arrive, which is the third game of the Suro series. Um, uh, what was the second one? Oh, it was the uh, the Seas one, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I can't remember what it was called. High High Seas, I don't know, it was something like that. Um, so the first one, you're dragons. The second one, you are boats, and this one, you are phoenixes. It's of the seas, it is. Yeah. Um, so in this one, you are a phoenix and you've got to either catch lanterns or light them up so that you can collect stars and the first person to get to seven stars wins. And in this game, if you are, um, if like an opponent puts you on a path that shoves you off the board, you can respawn. So you do still get to play the game, unlike in previous series where it's like if you're off the board, then you're out and the last person on the board is the winner. So it's it's Suro, but with a bit more gameplay in it. And it's got some ex- lovely extra pieces. And, uh, yeah, that has arrived. And I would like to play it at some point. Scout has now departed and left me in a snowstorm of cat fur. Hey, lovely. Okay, so finally, let's talk about ones to watch. And we've just got one each this month. Um, it's that time of year, isn't it? Christmas tends to be, there tend to be less games around on Kickstarter. Yeah, I think so. I think just because people, because it's Christmas, people were, you know, spending money on yeah. gifts, um, as opposed to Kickstarter, which is not necessarily, 
if you wanted to get a Kickstarter to somebody for Christmas, you probably would have had to back it like nine months ago. Or two years or three years, depending on the yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> depending on what it is. Um, whereas, yeah, there's not a lot, there's not a lot grabbing me out there no. at the moment. But then this was very similar to, to last time. There wasn't a lot grabbing me, to be honest. Yeah. Which is poss- possibly why I've been so successful in not spending money on Kickstarter. Yeah, yes, that's probably a good point. Just because there's not anything that's like doesn't there's nothing that feels brilliantly new or anything like that. Yeah. So I've gone for uh, Sins, an infernal deck builder. Choose your own path in this small action-packed deck builder for up to six players or solo. Plays in ten minutes per player. So this was uh, quite cheap. It was only $19 for the base game. Uh, this is coming from Quarterdo Games, who are based in Copenhagen, according to Kickstarter. Uh, they had a goal of DKK5000. What's that? Denmark. Is that? Uh, it's Krona. Krona. Okay. They're not in the Euro, then? No, they are not. Okay. And they've, so which, which works out to £569. And they've managed to get ten thousand pound, three hundred and sixteen backers. Uh, so it's an infernal deck builder where you choose your own path, filled with actions, events, and tough take that decisions in a small and quick package. The perfect filler game for all fantasy lovers, other world connoisseurs, and card game aficionados. In Singe, you are competing for power while trying to overcome weaknesses by negating despair from your opponents. To win, increase their weaknesses while reducing your own through clever combos and strategic deck building. So uh, I quite like this. It, it looks like a traditional deck builder, but I like the, the theme. It's something I don't think I've seen seen before. So uh, yeah, that looks uh, pretty interesting. So that's got a week to go as of recording. And yeah, it's well funded. So uh, for £15 for a copy of the base game. Is there a delivery charge? It doesn't say. Is it going to be charged afterwards? Possibly. Uh, shipping. We will collect shipping in the Pledge Manager after the campaign ends. Uh, for EU-friendly shipping, estimate is between 5 to $10. So that's not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, Denmark's not... Den- Denmark's a lot closer and easier to get post from than like America, Australia, yeah, etc. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Well, you never know. It might it might come after the thirty first of January, twenty twenty. It might do. At which point, it'll probably cost you about thirty quid in customs charges. Right, I sent you one because you hadn't put anything on your one to watch. So, yeah. can you can you pass the guess as to why I sent you this game? Is it um, because it's dragons? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've got fifty two dragons. Ooh. One for every week of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 52 Dragons, a fantasy card game of battling dragons. Uh, players draw from a single deck of 52 cards to construct a unique dragon that will battle the other players. So it's sort of a Frankenstein's monster of dragons. Yeah. 52 Dragons is a fantasy card game where you construct a unique battle dragon based on the four elements of fire, air, water and earth calling on other dragons to fight alongside them or add power to the attack they battle only until one is victorious this is designed for two to four players with simple gameplay that can be mastered in a few minutes uh game should be quick enough to play 
over a coffee break or happy hour drinks. Ah. Uh, the basic set includes 52 distinct playing cards split up into the four elements. Do, 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 do. Represented by green, blue, red, and sort of colourless. Yeah. Um, For air, it's sort of like yeah. whitey, cloudy colour. Yeah. Um, why support 52 dragons? Ah, why indeed? It is a quick and simple game where two to four people can play with a single deck of cards. Because a, a regular... Poker deck is 52, isn't it? Uh, now you're asking. Yeah, 52 cards, yeah. Yeah. So, unlike other popular fantasy collectible card games, where the best player is often the person who spent the most money, there's no collecting here. The basic deck contains 52 distinct cards, and each player builds and strengthens their unique battle dragon as the game progresses. No two games will ever be alike. Then there's some samples of art... And dragons. How you build your dragon. Oh, and the default starting health is 52. Ah. That's easy to remember. Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a deluxe edition as well, which comes with four mm. extra exclusive cards and a set of battle dragon token cards and a set of dice and poison tokens and a nice box to store everything in. Lovely jubbly. Oh, for $50, you get all that and an expansion pack and mm. an exclusive... What looks like golden card, the dragon of the celestial order. Mm. So, this is in uh, US dollars. Yeah, this is from D52 Gaming. Oh, let's stick in with the 52 theme. Uh, Omaha, where's that then? NE. What's NE? Nebraska? Uh, or New England? I don't know. Probably in Omaha, Nebraska, that sounds... Uh, Yeah, it's Omaha, Nebraska. There we go. Um, So for $20, you get the basic set. $35 is Deluxe, and $50 is Deluxe Plus with the Kickstarter exclusive card. Uh, Shipping anywhere in the world. Estimated delivery March 2020. Yeah, and it's $15 for shipping to the UK. It's it's fifteen dollars to ship to Antarctica. Nice. In fact, it's fifteen dollars to ship to literally everywhere, everywhere mm-hmm. except for the United States, where it is six dollars. Ah, so they are almost funded. Three thousand dollars they want, and they've currently got two thousand six hundred. Fifty-two hours to go. Oh, on 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 my screen, it's refreshed, so it's two thousand six hundred and sixty-six. Oh. Oh, yes, someone's just... No, that's... Yes, $2666, yes. Yeah. 666. Mm. Mm. There we go. They've got just over two days left. Yeah. I should just about make it, I think. Yes. But I like small little independent... Well, you know me, I like small card games anyway, but... Yeah. uh, I thought this might appeal to you. I don't know if it does. Does it? Uh, It's got some quite nice dragon art. Yeah. It looks quite fun. Um, I'm tempted. I'll... uh, might back it at the last minute. I'll see how it goes. Well, after you've had a bit of sherry on Christmas. Yeah, some might just go, yeah, I'll have this. Pink. Yeah, I'll do that. Is, is, is this like presents to yourself? Yeah, well, I've already got that. I bought, I've um, fitted it today, actually. I bought myself a new CPU and put it in my PC. So. Lovely, Joe. I've gone from a Ryzen 1600 to a Ryzen 3600. Uh, I yes. did a, so I did, a, I did a sample video encode. Uh, this afternoon, before and after putting it in, so you know, uh, you know our videos that we do 
um, where yep. I've got like um, the stats on the screen. That's always the most difficult part to render because of it, all the effects it does in After Effects to, to, to like move the boxes around and things like that. I don't know why it's yeah. so complicated. I think it's the motion blur. So uh, I, I, I encoded a one minute section at the beginning of one, from one of our videos. And with my old processor, it took two minutes, 53 seconds to render. Mm-hmm. Put the new one in, it took one minute, 59. Ooh. So that's a massive, that's like a 33% improvement. In rendering speed, think of how extra productive I'm going to be with that. All that extra time, yeah. All those extra minutes, yeah. You can spend them playing more games, yeah. Woohoo! So that's the end of another episode, and and another year. It is not just Calendar. another year. It's the end of the decade. Is it though? Because don't we have, don't people have this argument every time that actually the end of the decade is the end of next year? Because the start of the decade is the first year of the decade. Well, technically, it's only the first, it's only 2021 because you're counting the years that have finished beforehand. Mm, mm. Everyone was saying that the new millennium didn't start until the end of the year 2000, not until the end of 1999. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea of saying, um, it's, it depends on whether, I suppose it depends whether you're counting in arrears. Yes. Which you are, because that's how you count your birthdays. Yeah. So you're not born and then you're one. You're born, you spend a year, and then, and you're, then you're one. That's true. So you, you've counted one year in arrears. But hey. So, so we've, we will have counted 20 years in arrears yes. since the millennium. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's all a man-made construct anyway, so what difference does it make? Yeah, time, time is relative. Indeed. I guess we should tell people how they can contact us then. So you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We are slash Togcast on those platforms. Uh, you can also listen to us. Or, I mean... I mean, they are. They are listening to us. But if you want to listen to us on a different platform, Ooh. you can do so by searching for The Offline Gamer on your podcast platform of choice, including Spotify and iTunes. Yeah, and Google Podcasts, I think. And Google Podcasts now as well. I'm just checking, and I'm just going to check Deezer, because Deezer do podcasts now as well. No, we're not on Deezer. Um, or you can go direct to soundcloud.com forward slash offline gamer. Uh, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, we have YouTube videos and you can find all of those at offlinegamer.co.uk where you can visit our YouTube channel and like and subscribe if you uh, want to see some more of our video content. And if you'd like to email us, you can do so at offlinegamerpodcast at gmail.com. Or we also have a contact form on the aforementioned website. So that's it for another year. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone listening. And we'll see you all in 2020. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Uh, So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Matt. And we'll see you next year. Ta-ra. Bye. Bye.